0: And girls, uh, season three killing time is here. That's right. We're putting the knife in season three and talking about the entire Scream franchise on Kill by Kill. Well, greetings and salutations. It's your old pal, Patrick Hamilton, coming to you once again from a little town called Woodsboro. This is the kids. uh, This is the kids. This is the Kill by Kill podcast where we are dedicated to celebrating the least discussed component of any horror film, the characters. So we're going to unpack all the goriest questions that you have for us and try to come up with answers in the hopes that you can make fun of us on the Internet if we don't say what you like. Uh, That is your right. Um, So there is only one person I trust. To list off a long number of movies that are horror-related, that Ghostface needs to know. The one, the only,
1: Gina Radcliffe.
0: How are you doing today, Gina?
1: I, I think I'm up to that task.
0: I think you are too.
1: I There's one thing I like doing is listing things <laughs> in, in seemingly random order that means nothing to anybody but me.
0: Yeah, yeah that works for me. Um, we This is... Um, I don't know. It's always a little bittersweet to say goodbye to a franchise that we've been covering. We we went into season three with this being a, a scream being a possibility. We didn't start off with it. We kind of wanted to to do things differently since we had been trapped in the franchise mold for so long. And so we kind of uh, sauntered into scream rather than, uh, you know, coming in with guns a blazing. That being said, it worked out perfectly because we started talking about it. And then like literally weeks later, they announced, oh, Scream 5 is happening. I'm sorry, Scream 2022 or whatever the fuck it is.
1: Scream. Uh, it's happening.
0: <laughs> cream. Um, cream. Five cream.
1: Five creme if you're French. <laughs> uh,
0: so it, it just worked out perfectly. And, uh, and I'm glad we did it because- Uh, Honestly, it was refreshing to talk about a non 80s dominated franchise, Uh, something that was unto itself that commented on uh, slashers, but also was very good at it. Um, The highs were extremely high and the lows were Scream 3. Um, And then pretty much, I mean, even Scream 3 has the temerity to constantly point the finger at its executive producer and say, this guy should be in jail. Like already that bumps it up a full star.
1: Yeah. I was going to say that uh, the the three is the, the low point of the series, but that's still Mm -hmm. better than a lot of high points in other franchises. Yes.
0: But people would kill to have a screen three level, uh, you know, star rating. I think most days, I think it was disappointing at the time. But again, I also think that um, uh, horror fans, um, like all fans, right? You have a, a, a large bevy of people who just enjoy it, and uh, a, a number of people who are like, Isn't this great? Or I've seen this movie. And uh, have you checked out so and so? And you're like, Oh, I, this is wonderful. And a very small vocal subsection. That are complete assholes who, for reasons I can't quite understand, are very dedicated to telling you, a person who spent hours and hours and hours taking notes on these fucking movies, that you don't know what the fuck you're talking about.
1: Yeah, they, it's a, it's a small group, but what they what they what they what they lack in numbers, they they make up in in volume.
0: Yeah, and balls. They just and, and, the aggre-
1: and aggressiveness. Yeah. Because these I, things I, are are very, very serious. And and <laughs> you should definitely treat the masked killer movies with the respect <laughs> that they are entitled to.
0: Right. Yeah. I, I just it's hard for me to believe that I can be shouted at uh constantly. And and I think it's a bit of a joke, my whole Jason should never be in a jacket thing. Uh, you know, people have legit answers to that. Uh, and I know the reason why they were putting a jacket in those movies specifically, but at, when someone goes, you don't know what you're talking about. I'm like, fucking check the record, my man.
1: Well, it, it's you know, a question of, you know, I didn't ask for one thing. And, and <laughs> well, you know, one thing that you could always count on, you know, on Twitter is if you, you know, you know, just kind of, or if you're just mulling over a question you may have once had about a movie or, or something mm-hmm. that that you know, never sat right with you, there's always somebody that's very happy to provide some sort of explanation. Mm-hmm. And, and generally my response to that is, I didn't ask. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: yeah, I'm having a monologue. You would like to have a conversation, and um, that's not always the case. Uh, Sometimes I just want to proclaim something out loud. Um, Also, and we learned this uh, long ago uh, when we joined the Flophouse Facebook group. And that is everyone has the ability to just scroll the fuck on by. Uh, If you are, if it's time for you to get mad about something, you know, do that in private. You don't necessarily have to rip someone's innards out. Uh, in a, a pool chair just because you have a different opinion like it, it's okay it's movies it's just movies everyone don't lower the fucking tone
1: anyway scream <laughs>
0: sorry Uh went a bit randy for a second um we're, we're, we we're,
1: we're preparing ourselves for the the inevitability that whatever happens with with scream five and they're, they're they're playing things pretty close to the vest as to yeah. you know who's gonna make it who's not gonna make it who's even in it um yeah uh but you can all be assured that because uh horror movie fans uh many of them, you know, would like to insist that while you should try something new, you should also not divert from the original formula in any way at the same time, Yeah. which is an impossible task.
0: Yeah, They uh, are both equal parts. Why don't you ever do anything new crossed with not like that? Exactly.
1: Yeah. Not like yeah. that is the, uh, is the, uh, the, the general response. Yeah. Uh, and then when you've got movies that absolutely give in to, to, uh, fans in every way possible, you end up with cringing embarrassments like Ghostbusters Afterlife. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I still have resisted that particular temptation, even if I did have it. I think I'll, um, you know, I still haven't seen a Venom movie. It, it just, oh, hey, now, they'll, they'll,
1: I will not, I will not hear a crossword about the Venom movies. Those movies are uh, wonderful.
0: They're not for me. They, they were not aimed at me. They didn't say we got to make sure this Venom movie uh, really captures the, uh, you know, Patrick Hamilton market. That's not a consideration. I, I know enough to, about the Venom character in general to go, I don't, I don't feel it necessary. It could be great and it could be the, worst, the most terrible thing in the world. It doesn't matter to me. And because it doesn't matter to me, there are other things that do. I got a Blu-ray of a movie called Dead Space that I've never heard of before. From Scream Factory? I'm going to pop that in at some point. You know why? Because that interests me. Venom doesn't. So why why make a lot of time and effort to watch it?
1: But but, but Patrick, we like so many of the same things.
0: (laughs) That may be true. But Venom is one of those things that I I probably have more of a history with. Considering his comic book origins. And as a comic book dude, I am not a Venom guy. And that's fine. It doesn't make me better and it doesn't make me worse. It just makes me me. It makes you a little worse. <laughs> <laughs> well, these are the slings and arrows. Um, we reached out to uh, our fan bases and we asked them, hey, what are your questions about Scream as we're about to wrap up season three? And thank goodness uh, people reached out with uh, actual questions, which was a refreshing change of pace. Um, and uh, we're going to read a few of them here and try to answer them in the best way that we can. Uh, first up, we have uh, Hamish at uh, Zombie Ham, the one, the only. Uh, he, uh, they ask, which scary movie would you want to be watching when Ghostface kills you, Gina?
1: Okay, it, what, what I would want or what I think would be the movie I'd be watching when I get murdered.
0: It's which scary movie would you want to be watching? So oh, gosh. Ghostface comes in and you want to make sure that they, when they drive a knife into your body or head or feet, for that matter.
1: Oh, not my feet. No. Oh, yeah, it,
0: it's, it's, Listen, I'm not going to tell Ghostface what to do. Like, first off, it's multiple people. How would I even get in contact with them all? But this prototypical ghost face appears uh, and is going to murder you while you're watching the scary movie. So what do you want to go out on?
1: Yeah. Now see, do I want something, you know, that I genuinely like and, and wouldn't mind, you know, ascending to heaven while I'm watching <laughs> it. Right. You'll note that I'm 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 fairly certain I'm going to heaven.
0: Um, I, I I have it on good authority. <laughs> <laughs> or,
1: you know, it would be something ironic, like like I've never seen like you said that the 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 Venom movies aren't for you. Yes. Uh the the human centipede movies are not for me. Yeah. Uh, I will likely never ever watch them. That's a big
0: uh, bummer. Yeah. Do, who wants to go out on that?
1: But but you know, that would be the one time I said, you know what, I guess I'll finally check out one of them their human centipede movies. That would be when I would you <laughs> meet my demise. <laughs> but so this is
0: like a hard luck case. You're it, living a ziggy life yeah, in some way
1: Exactly. Here. But if we're talking like something I personally would be all right, you know, being the last thing I see before I die. Yeah. Um God, uh, it could be any horror movie. Don't have to be a, he didn't say it's it, to be a slasher any movie. Any
0: horror movie. There's, it's a scary movie. It just has to be scary.
1: Uh, probably probably my favorite, was, uh, American World of London. Yeah,
0: that's a good one to go out on. Uh, once again, the uh, director of that film uh, should be in jail on manslaughter charges. But that's here, neither here nor there. It's a great movie. Um, the obvious answer for me. Is the 1988 version of the Blob? <laughs>
1: That's a good one. That's a good one. That, do you want it? Uh, do you do you want to be stabbed or do you want to be like you you, you flattened by a Blob tentacle like a Looney Tunes character?
0: <laughs> if I had to choose, I find the Blob intensely scary as a death. I don't like slow digestion, which really seems to be the way those people go out. They're like drowning in alien goo. Um, I think I'm gonna take stabbing over something like that.
1: Being blobbed?
0: Yeah, being blobbed does not seem soup soups fun. That that's for certain. Um
1: You have to be really into that movie too, to to not hear a blob come in.
0: <laughs> True. A blob is not something I'm honing in on necessarily for hidden details. I don't know that it has a bunch, but I sure do enjoy watching it.
1: I mean, I mean, I'm sure you live in a house with two other people and a dog. You know, I think they would alert your presence to the blob.
0: I'm yes, I'm sure someone would send me a text. <laughs> uh, that's...
1: It's a blob in here. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, I would leave the office now. A blob is about
1: dad. There's a blob outside. <laughs>
0: Dad, there's a blob <laughs> on the ring. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, so our next question comes to us from the one, the only Patrick Hackett uh, from the Facebook group. And of course, uh, returning champion Brian Collins, they basically had the same question. If Jay and Bob exist in the world of the Scream movies as seen in Scream 3, how can they also exist in the world where Scream movies are being made As seen in 2001's Jay and Silent Bob Strike, is it or is it just is the first one Strike Back? I think it is. Yeah, 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 yeah. So there's the conversely does Scream then exist in the View Askew universe, or do Jay and Silent Bob exist in the Scream universe?
1: I I like this question, but I hate being reminded of that moment because I think that was probably like the. (laughs) the lowest moment in the in the in the in in Scream three it's like there was just a a time where they just showed up in things and it's like it's just
0: god come on (laughs) they they were filming at the same time and they just like traded cameos i guess is what's going on here and um i know they're setting it in the world of a movie studio which is why in my mind before re-watching the clip i thought Perhaps I could say that it's not Jay and Silent Bob, but it is, in fact, the actors portraying.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's what I—that's what I've always kind of interpreted as.
0: And yet, Jason Mewes slaps his scene partner on the shoulder and says, "Silent Bob." So he's (laughs) distinctly calling it out for the olds in the audience. You don't get what the kids are into.
1: I I can kind of. I can kind of imagine that in real life, Jason Muse would just give up on trying to remember Kevin Smith's name, just call him Silent Bob all the time. Yes.
0: I I also agree. I just think it's more a Jason Muse, Kevin Smith cameo than it is a Jay and Silent Bob for my, you know, Piccadilly's, because the way they act in that scene is much more true to who they are as opposed to the Jay and Silent Bob, in which they are their ooga booga eyes are coming out of their skulls every second. <laughs> and when they run fast, cartoon wind appears behind them.
1: Yeah, kid not everything about Generation X was great.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we had our high points. There's some great tunes. Um you know, again, for my money, the funniest thing that ever occurred In that sort of universe is the animated clerks television show, which lasted six episodes and is legitimately funny once you get past the pilot.
1: I have not seen it. I have watched all the movies and you want to talk know, something that has uh, ever diminishing returns. There you go. (laughs)
0: I agree with you. It seemed I Clerks does seem very fresh for the time. I oh sure, yeah, Clerks it in it well.
1: itself is is fine. Again, yeah. you, know, it, you know, extremely painfully mid nineties, but yeah. but fine for what it was. But then you've got you know then when everything becomes real fucking self congratulatory, <laughs> then, then 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 it gets a, it starts getting insufferable.
0: Yes, I I agree with that one hundred percent. They have not. Worn as well for me either. So let us then move on uh to a question from the one, the only Margaret uh, on Twitter at Margaret54602010. And they ask uh, who is the best character that isn't one of the main trio? And which killer is the most deranged slash psychotic? I would also add of the holy trinity which is your favorite character. So what would you like to tackle first?
1: Um let's go with favorite of the the main trio. Okay. For me it's got to be Dewey. Really? I, I love Dewey. I do.
0: <laughs> and I mean where does this come from? This exact Dewey love?
1: Do you think? He's just such a he's he's just got such a core decency about him, mm-hmm. and I mean, I it's it's I always I never really kind of bought him and Gail as a couple to be honest with you. Like I guess they were attracted to each other, right? Yeah, but yeah. but not as a long term couple because I think. Dewey, you would would want nothing more than to you know marry a hometown girl, have some babies, be the sheriff, and just live a very quiet life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, where gail is a go getter and she wants more than that. There's nothing wrong with that, but they're not. You know, their their long term goals aren't suitable for each other. Uh But I think that that. Dewey, you know, he, he he is aware of his limitations, but also he's not as dumb as people tend to think that he is <laughs> right. because, I mean, it's his his niceness and his somewhat naive nature are mistaken for being stupid, yeah. which neither of those things are true. He's not stupid. You know, he's, in fact, very brave. Um, yes. You know, to the point of recklessness a little bit. <laughs> um, I
0: think recklessness a lot of it, but yes, yeah.
1: But I mean, he means well. He doesn't. He doesn't want to see anybody hurt. Yeah. You know, I think that that um, you know the, uh, the what one of the, one of the one of the movies. One of the things these, this franchise has always done well is you kind of see you know how this sort of thing takes an effect on people after a while sure. and you know with each movie do gets a little more worn down a little more worn down and and you know he you really see it starting to take a toll on him and i i think that makes me a very believable character that you really end up empathizing with even you know if in the first movie he comes off as kind of a boob
0: yeah Um, I I think Scream has a distinct advantage in this. Like we can't say that we've really seen growth from Friday the 13th characters or from Nightmare at Elm Street characters because they don't repeat. Scream is that wonderful, you know, singularity in in the slasher franchise where the same people are playing the same roles over multiple decades. And you see how different writers treat them how they 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 mold they, you know, mold themselves after the times that they find themselves in, not to the degree that Chucky does, but uh, I think in, a, in an interesting way. And as much as this entire franchise is about Sydney, the character that I get the most out of from the Holy Trinity would be Gail. She finds the most personal growth. Her story is interesting because, it extends beyond Woodsboro and then f- finds itself right back in Woodsboro. there there's a I don't know, there's something about Gail that's super interesting as she is portrayed and the things that she's asked to do and how her character adapts to every situation. I just I really like Gail. Gail's not a likable person, but I do really like Gail.
1: No, I mean, for, you know, she could be, she's not likable, but she's also not, she's not a one note character either. Sure. Yeah. She does, you know, the, the, and again, this is something that, that develops, you know, over time and over the franchise that, you know, while she is predominantly a, a you know, you, ambitious to a fault person, you know, she does, you know, have some sense of remorse for, you know, you know, the, the the hurt that her ambitious caused people. Yeah. You know, the, the 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 events of the movies have also taken its own toll on her. She just she's better hiding it than than Dewey is. Yes. And, and it's yeah. You know, she could easily just be the sort of you know you know, bitchy catty character, and that's why I think that's why one of the reasons that that I feel that I didn't like what they did with her character in three and four. Um, I think for the setting up that her and Judy were in some sort of, you know, little triangle with Dewey, I didn't buy that at all. Like, <laughs> right. like there was no reason that she had to feel threatened by Judy because Dewey yeah. is desperately in love with her yeah. and, and would, not, would not even dream of, of stepping, out, stepping out on her as another woman.
0: I do wonder whether or not she actually has a legit beef with Deputy Judy or the external factors of Sydney showing back up in town as a published author somehow is that is the unmet need that has her lashing out at Judy. Like she stores that Judy is secretly in love with her husband and everything, but I don't think she legitimately feels threatened about it. But under this other stressful situation where she cannot find true purpose for herself and then, sees this other person she has had so many life experiences wrapped up in these many ghost face adventures that she uh, that is what is really needling her and Judy is the pressure point that she uses to release that that tension
1: yeah that that's that's a fair assessment yeah I'll buy that
0: I mean I'm talking out my ass but it's possible (laughs) Uh, So let's then get into this next question, which is who is the best character that isn't one of the main trio?
1: Well, I have a feeling I know what your answer is going to (laughs) be. So I am going to I'm going to uh, dig back to the first one and Mm -hmm. I'm actually going to say Stu. Which oh. is which is which is interesting because I hated Stu the first time sure. I watched. And not just because he turned out to be a, a yo know, a psychotic killer. I just thought he mm-hmm. was exceedingly irritating. Sure. But he has really grown on me over the years, and now he's become my, my favorite supporting character.
0: I there's a a thing that sort of happens when a performer reaches a white hot moment where You're like, I don't know that I get it why people are into them. And I think that can sometimes affect your read of the type of performances that they give at that time because Hollywood is so relentless with making an it guy, an it girl, and they just throw it in your face and they reach a status where people are like, I don't like that person. Because I'm constantly seeing them. Right. I don't have a personal stake in them. Fuck that person. And it sucks for the person who is that it person at any given time. Because you essentially become, you know, Twitter's main character at, to a certain degree. Just on a meta scale. And uh, it, it sucks for them as an individual. Um. But I can totally see that. I mean, he's a great fucking performance. Top notch. Right? Yeah.
1: I mean, he really just like, and you, one thing that you scream has over other slasher franchises is that everybody in these movies is giving 150%. They, they, yes. they, they're doing their best work. They, they look absolutely delighted to be there. They they look to, they they're just really just put so much juice into their performances that yeah. you know everybody everybody is kind of a great character in their own way even the characters that you're supposed to hate like like Parker Posey's character in Part Three yes you know, but
0: she, she's giving such a fucking performance right it is
1: you amazing. like you hate her so much and you end up loving her
0: yes I mean yeah she's definitely right up there because she's making a meal out of whatever's on her plate there but that is also inherently Parker Posey.
1: Right. She's very, she's very often the best part of a lot of mediocre movies.
0: Yes. And she's also the best part of great movies. Well, yes. <laughs> as as uh, something that, that she has the capacity to do. I'm somewhat torn. I mean, very easily I could go with a Parker Posey. I could go with a Sarah Michelle Gellar SCC in scream Two, And I think she does a very good job in that role. Um, as good as I know what you did last summer, no. But then again, that's a main role here. Here she's she's uh, uh you know uh, uh, uh she's coming up to bat, a pitch hitter basically. Um, so I'm gonna go back to my original one, and I don't know what you thought what I was going to do, but maybe this is it, and that is the cheerleader in the bathroom from the original scream.
1: Wow. Okay. That's not at all
0: what I was thinking of. <laughs> I love that fucking performance. She owns that scene as if she has been cast as the main character. And in her own life, she is the main character. Uh, I think she makes that that little scene fucking come alive. Like you want to know what's going on there. You never see her again and you never see her before that. And she fucking owns that moment in what could arguably be said is a kind of perfect movie. Um, it's pretty amazing. Now I want to know who you thought I would talk about.
1: I thought you were going to say Kirby. Oh
0: uh, Yeah, Kirby. Kirby is up there, 100%. I do love Kirby. But weirdly enough, and, and as much as I might want Kirby to return either in this next movie or another movie or... Whatever. I I love Kirby as a character. What I have come to, I think, realize over talking about these movies is that Kirby is actually a character you're asked to to love. You grow to love. She makes a lot of great decisions. She's put in terrible circumstances and does the best that she can. She's adorable. She's feisty. Uh, She's smart. And the thing is, you can be a great person and have terrible shit happen to you because how many great people in our lives have terrible shit happen to them that are complete? They do not deserve any of that fucking stuff, any of it. Right. And yet, life, like Ghostface, says, your time is up. I'm giving you terrible circumstances that you m- can live through or might not. And I could give you dozens of names right now of people who are legitimately great people who've been given just a shit fucking deal. And to a degree, I think Kirby is somewhat justified actually dying in Scream 4 because sometimes you don't get what you want.
1: Right, right. I mean, you you can't always, you you, got to zag on the audience sometimes. Yes,
0: yes. And certainly Dewey. And Gale are two examples of people who might not have made it through any other movie, and Dewey was absolutely supposed to not make it. So uh, it's, it's interesting from that standpoint to make a character who so vividly deserves more screen time and deserves to be added to the echelon not make it because... that's fucking life, man. And I think that makes her death more poignant as a result.
1: Yeah, I agree. Uh,
0: Which killer is the most deranged or psychotic in your mind?
1: Well, you know, I feel like the obvious answer would be uh, Debbie Salt. Uh, Well, this is Mrs. Loomis um, from part Mm -hmm. two. But I actually was... I was thinking about it when you sent me the questions earlier, and mm-hmm. I think honestly, I gotta go with Jill for a part four, uh-huh. because okay. I think she just has the stupidest reason for wanting <laughs> to, to to just becoming you know a serial killer that she wants right. she wants to be Instagram famous. <laughs> I mean, you know, Mrs. Loomis, you know her 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 brain is broken, yeah, from from you know her her son being a murderer and then getting killed himself. You know Billy's brain is broken from you know what he's been through, and then you've got a uh, i mean I can't really explain you know, Mickey's motivation. <laughs>
0: Yeah, every, I think it's also stupid. He is he is the male Jill, one hundred percent.
1: Yeah, every, you know most of these most of these uh, the the you know variations of Ghostface are revealed as having some sort of motivation that has to do with revenge. Now, yeah. I'm not saying that you know killing for revenge is good. I'm just saying you know it, it's understandable. It, it's an understandable. It's a common motivator and people committing murder. Yeah. But well, I want a lot of Facebook followers. <laughs> I want to be I want to be Instagram popular of like wow. Okay. <laughs> and I'm not saying that wouldn't happen in real life. It absolutely would happen in real life, but
0: yeah.
1: it's just such a, you know, from left field, you know, reason to to, you know, create all this havoc and Come up with this incredibly elaborate plan and get someone to agree to help you with it. Yeah, you know, it's just just all because you want to you know increase your your internet clout. <laughs> you
0: know, <laughs> like- yeah, I it the way it's voiced is absolutely interestingly predictive of society and whatnot, but it's also not that terrifically far away from. You know, that original scream motivation of, listen, um, I was going to kill everyone, but then I thought, can I kill everyone in such a way that I can get something out of it? Um, And that uh, I think it's interesting that they're somewhat similar yet different in execution. I do have to go back to Debbie Salt slash Mrs. Loomis. I mean, I just, if, well, if you're
1: talking just how she presents herself, then yeah, right. I, mean, I mean, she's just like she's like Daffy Duck.
0: <laughs> uh, her reaction to, you know, again, we we really went into it, but the whole thing about, you know, Sydney's mom being this epicenter of so many people, really just, 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 just going overboard about her sleeping around is like fucking bugged I mean you know
1: adultery can cause some problems but it doesn't usually result in multiple murders over decades <laughs> over <laughs>
0: multiple decades then is the thing that is truly in different
1: wild. towns
0: right <laughs> um yeah yeah where, where just, the
1: person targeted doesn't he wasn't even you know was not even the person who committed the adultery.
0: And we never really see what Mrs. Prescott is all about. Like we see her as a as a as a mind ghost in a window and old pictures. but we don't we have zero idea how she could have this hold over not only individuals that she interacted with, but an entire town in in the aftermath. It's just it, it wow, people are fucking. Obsessed with that woman and who she's sleeping with.
1: Yeah, I mean it's like this is the first time in this town that you've had a, a scandal like this. <laughs> but that doesn't seem likely.
0: No, it does not seem likely at all. But of course, we don't go to the movies to see what's likely, we go to see what is unlikely. Um, and as such, uh Merle, uh the one and only Merle from our Facebook group asks, Do you like scary movies? and sometimes i wonder i I do wonder when i see somebody say oh it's a terrible time for horror movies there are no good horror movies right now and i'm like the fuck timeline are you on
1: well again it it is you know let let us not go you know you you drink deep from the well of elevated horror once more sure uh, because we have talked about that, talked about that, talked about that, and how nobody really knows what it means. True, yeah. it's. I think it is both used. It's it's used in two different ways, both by people who are embarrassed to say they liked a horror movie, so they applied this label to it to make it seem different from a regular horror movie, mm-hmm. and then it's also applied to people who as a sort of as, as a disparaging description. That, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's not a horror movie because it's slow moving or because it's not gory or because it's more psychological. So you apply it to unconventional horror movies, which I'm not even sure what's a conventional horror movie.
0: That's a really good question because it is such an expandable genre. It allows you to do all sorts of things and tackle subjects in all sorts of ways and there's just
1: Well, I, don't, I i wonder like when if like uh david cronenberg had started making movies now his movies right. would almost certainly be described as elevated horror
0: yes 100% that that he is playing in the sandbox of sleaze and genre, but elevating it to different levels with his interesting takes on modern society and our dependence upon technology and 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 our relationship to our own bodies and all this, you know, shit that is very much part and parcel for what he does. But uh, I do think it, there are people who only like a certain kind of horror movie but still want to tell everyone I love horror movies. Or the other part, which is, I think, a little bit more prevalent, especially in in this era in which people, it's hard to um, empathize sometimes, but I do think a a big part of horror movie enjoyment is having empathy for the people you find the situation. People find themselves in yes. the situation as presented.
1: Yes, I, I wonder, I, I think. And I think people. A lot of people don't want to see that horror. They just want to see people standing around doing something stupid and getting an axe in their forehead.
0: Yes. Yeah, you know, they don't, or, they, or then complain that that's the only thing delivered to them because that's the only thing they seek out.
1: Right. They they don't want to see. I mean, yeah, it's become kind of a joke now at this point that you know horror is about trauma. Yeah, But I mean, you know, you could, you could, you know, you know, a lot of things fall under the umbrella of trauma.
0: <laughs> sure. Yeah, absolutely.
1: A, a, a wonderful movie that came out this past year that unfortunately did not get the attention it deserved was The Night House.
0: Yes, um, I agree.
1: Which is very much about mental illness. And it is, it is not the, it is not the first, it is not the hundreds horror movie in which the the quote unquote monster in it is mental illness. But mm-hmm. it was approached in a way that was so unique and so unsettling, particularly if you have struggled with with mental illness. That I mean, you could if you go ahead make hundreds more of these if you if you could put like a personalized spin on it. By all means, go ahead. There's nothing wrong with it. I would rather watch more of that than than more, you know, faceless killer you know stalks a party. Yeah.
0: Yes. Because those and movies,
1: those movies don't scare me.
0: Right. Um and, and the other thing is, is like, I think I'm more susceptible, susceptible to um, being scared by a lot of different movies because I do try to enter every single one of them with the idea that what if I were in this situation? Right, right. If this person, flesh and blood. Now, we come at the movies we talk about here with a very irreverent tone because that makes for a more fun show. But, uh, you know, The Nighthouse is a particular example where it requires a level of empathy from, from the viewer in order to get the most out of your experience and
1: right if you're gonna if you're gonna watch a movie like that and complain oh well nothing happens nothing happens it's like well actually a lot of things happen it's just that you are you know you came in this movie with a certain expectation well this is what a horror movie looks like and this is what a horror movie does and this movie doesn't look like or do those things ergo it's not a horror
0: movie yeah um and as such i think you know there are different purposes for different horror films and there there are films that are absolutely built with a popcorn ideal in mind in which I'm going there to have a fun roller coaster ride and there's nothing fucking wrong with it there's nothing wrong with a a horror movie being pg-13 There's nothing wrong with a horror movie being the goriest thing you ever came across. There's nothing
1: wrong with a horror movie that, that you cheat up characters so that they're women or people of color. So please, I beg of you don't stop losing your fucking minds every time that happens.
0: (laughs) So fucking dumb. I just, I apply this uh, measurement to everything, but in particular when it became a thing with Marvel films and that is, if you list, uh, just for example, the most important aspects of Johnny Storm from the Fantastic Four, you know, well, he's cocky, well, he's irreverent. He doesn't take things seriously. He's he uh, likes to take risks. He, you know, he he's a player with the women. He th- this and that. At no point does it matter whether or not it's a white guy or a black guy. All that matters is, is that character is intact. So if that character is intact, played by a dynamic black performer, how am I fucking suffering for this? There are characters in which their race is absolutely core to who they are. Luke Cage cannot be played by just anyone, but Johnny Storm, absolutely. And the same thing is true here people need to get past the fact that the thing that you liked, that you decided in your mind was only for you and people who look and act and think like you wake the fuck up. You're not alone. Have some empathy and enjoy the things you supposedly enjoy. It doesn't mean you like every movie, but you can't dislike a movie you haven't fucking seen because there's an element of it that you think was so sacrosanct that has changed simply because a woman or a non-binary person or a person of a different race is playing this particular role. Just fuck right off with this shit.
1: <laughs> we didn't know this was going to be a ranty episode, did we?
0: Uh, we're really getting randy up in this place. Um on Twitter, um, at the one, the only, at PJ18, P-E-E, I'm sorry, P-E-E-J-A-Y-18, asks, uh, which ghost face took the most beatings or stumbles the most?
1: Oh, that's a good one. Um, you know, I want to say uh, uh, Mickey, Mickey was the one that was in the car accident, right?
0: Yes. Okay, I'm gonna yeah, have to Mickey, say I'm gonna
1: say Mickey because cause because Mickey should have been fucking dead after that uh after that accident.
0: I think that is a legitimate answer. Uh when I I, I toyed around with him, but I also think Roman Bridger has to be a- added to this because he is the only ghost face in that fi- film, presumably, and as such takes every single punch, kick, fall, like He's not sharing any of that damage with anybody else. And there's no way he should show up looking like he hasn't fucking had his clock cleaned by half the cast in that movie. And yet, there he is walking around. <laughs>
1: It's one, one of these movies. Like, they take the mask off. They just look like, you know, like a cartoon character. They got the black eye, and, like the big knot sure. on their head. And, like, a like a
0: bomb has gone off near them and they just have the, the suit, around, the soot around the eye yeah, holes. Yeah, missing, sort so of missing a
1: couple teeth. They're like, they're yeah. like barely standing up and kind of like, you know, sort of wavering on their feet.
0: Just one of these ghost faces go, all right, all right, all right already.
1: It's like, hold on a second. Just give up. Hold on a <laughs> second. <laughs> you, you, you catch my breath. <laughs> See, Conversely. I just I, I couldn't be a ghost face because i minute like somebody like 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 stepped on my foot or punched me to somebody But I'd be like, ow! Come on.
0: <laughs> I cannot keep it together. Uh, we ran through an airport to try to make a flight, and, and somehow we did, but it required us to run up four. Basically, go up four uh, stories on a broken escalator. Oh my god! In the Dallas airport with masks on, of course. And I fucking ran up those fucking things, and yeah, I I was breathing heavy when I got to the top. But I was also like, "Well, I'm not gonna keel over, so I'm I'm doing pretty fucking well here." (laughs) You couldn't stop me from just patting my own back about how well I did this shit. Conversely, Debbie Salt slash Missus Loomis is the one who gets the way with the least resistance as Ghostface.
1: Yeah, she kind of she kind of leaves the, uh, the the hard work to Mickey.
0: Yes, yeah, he's really taking it for the team. Where she's like, "Well, I'll drag one guy into a van and I'll kind of like dance around a, uh, a a school rehearsal." But <laughs> for the most part, I'm really working on Gale in <laughs> the Debbie Salt uh, guys um Tory uh the one the only Tory from my Facebook group asks uh, and the, uh, uh what posters do you think uh 1990s Dewey had hanging up in his bedroom
1: <laughs> um oh Dewey was definitely like a blues traveler guy <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think I think it's entirely possible that Dewey became a blues traveler guy certainly by the point that the movie takes place 100% but ultimately Dewey's bedroom would be done up in the guise of him as a teenager and that is why I believe he's got MTV metal band fever he's got (laughs) your deaf leopards your poisons your white snakes your Bon Jovi type groups just
1: yeah you know, he's, he's got a, he's he, he's got a lead a forward poster but he makes sure to hide it when his mom comes into the room
0: <laughs> right yeah that's that's on the door so when she opens it exactly. it's hidden from view yeah
1: she's got yeah, the you know snap you know snap on tool girl
0: <laughs> uh, whoever's in that uh cherry pie video <laughs> that, that gal sure uh her second question is do you think scream would have worked as well if Drew Barrymore had actually kept uh, the initial role that she was cast in as Sydney. No, you don't think so. Nope. Okay.
1: I think that, you know, people, I, I, I don't remember now. I wish I remembered. I could remember if, when I saw scream in the theater Mm. that I, if, if, if I knew going in or not that, that Drew Barrymore actually was not in the movie very long um I feel like I did know so that probably took away some of the the, the shock of the scene
0: right
1: but I, I I just think that that was such a clever thing too because she's on the poster
0: yeah she's center of that deep yeah you,
1: you are really given the impression that she is the star of this and she's also well, was at the time the biggest star in it now granted oh she was starting
0: Courtney Cox is in that running but of course this was a time in which people jumping from TV to movies was a, a, right. a rarer beast.
1: Um and this was now to be fair this was Drew Barrymore this is supposed to be her comeback role because she in had sense, she'd been in a lot of yeah, garbage some of which we've talked about. <laughs> um, yes. And this was the first like mainstream movie she had made in a long time that that didn't which. require her to have an uncomfortable sex scene with a man twice her age.
0: Yeah, she's in a lot of sexy gal roles Yeah, before this, where people are just really, they can't believe that the little girl from E.T. has breasts. That's what it seems to be about. But but
1: now she is playing, you know, who seems to be, now granted, we don't really get to know her that well, but she seems to be a pretty ordinary high school student. Yeah. and you know, I think that for audiences who didn't know going in that that her time on screen was limited, I mean, it must have—they must have absolutely shit themselves. Oh, well, I just, went
0: in on Friday night. Um, we went after work uh, at Universal um, to what was then the Cineplex Odeon on City Walk, and fully anticipated her. You know, she's the lead of the movie. She's at the front of the V. And I was like, oh, I love this. I don't know what's going to happen next. How fun. Like, that that was genuinely, not only did I enjoy the thrills and spills of that particular scene, but the fact that it ends with the biggest movie star in the movie dying right away.
1: Right. It, It, It sets the stage for no one is safe.
0: Yes. 100%. 100% hundred percent um and the other element of this that has to be considered is if drew barrymore had stayed in that role we would not have gotten scream Two in the manner in which we did right because the reason why she switched roles was because she had been cast in a bunch of movies and one of them like she had developed like after this you have wedding singer ever after never been Kissed. Like, her ascension is is bubbling up underneath this. People can tell the potential. And she makes the right decision, which once again, it has to be said, Drew Barrymore, the best producer that the Scream franchise has ever had, because she makes an executive decision that sets the tone for the film and just benefits everyone underneath her on the call sheet.
1: 100%. 100%.
0: Uh, so, uh, some person named Megan Sunday, returning champion, not her. I know. Uh, she has a question from her very cute child, who asks us, "Why would anybody wear that scary mask? It is too scary."
1: You know, I agree. That is a scary mask.
0: It is, and and I,
1: I think, I think it's it's much scarier, much more effective than than the than the either the Jason or the Michael masks.
0: Yes. I mean, the Michael mask has a it benefits from coming so soon. Like the only thing that's kind of before it is the town that dreaded sundown to a certain degree. I know there are other mask killers, um, but you know, there's, there's something soulless and it's photographed so well in that, but this is the, the one movie where the mask really sets a tone for the rest of it. Like,
1: it's a, well. Um, it's a whole thing. You've got the mask. You've got the 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 cloak, which sort of which sort of hides if the killer is male or female. Um, it, it's just a whole e- effect.
0: Yes, and because um, in a who done it sense, it's the one sort of it. It, it doesn't suffer the um, oh, it's you syndrome right. that we have talked about uh, many, many times, but in particular in our beloved happy birthday to me where, uh, that killer is, is weirdly enough, wearing a mask, but, um, it's like, wearing so the mask it's, like, another person. it's like,
1: like some sort of mission impossible, like facial appliance.
0: <laughs> exactly. Again, that's why it's great. Uh, just chalk it up. Wow. What a picture. Um, uh the other thing about that mask is that uh the bad news for anyone wearing it is it provides zero peripheral vision to the killer. So the point where they I don't think in real life would be able to murder a single person while wearing
1: it. Probably not, um, no.
0: But that thums the movies. Um, that being said, the one the only Jared from our Facebook group asks, "Do you believe there were actually two killers in Scream 3?"
1: Uh, you want to take this one first?
0: I think on a technical level, it would be pretty impossible for Roman to kill all those people and provide alibis for himself where he would not become an immediate suspect. And the film is so busy doing so many things that that's never really brought up. Um, And I think Aaron Kruger, the guy who took over screenwriting duties on that film is just special enough to think that a single killer in a scream film is a legit swerve when it is not, it would be better if he had a killer with legit reason to murder everyone and, and really actually figure out how to put two killers in that movie, because that's sort of the thing with the film is that you can point the finger at the most likely suspect, but if they have an alibi, it takes them off Scream is the only one that kind of mines that territory.
1: Yeah, my answer is more simpler than yours. I I just think because it's always been two killers, because because it's just it doesn't I mean, I don't I don't expect these movies to, quote, unquote, make sense. But but there's just certain times where where it literally comes down to this, this, this person would have to be in two places at the same time.
0: Exactly. And And he kind of does have to be in two places.
1: Right. So that's not possible. There has to be somebody else helping him.
0: Yes. Um, And as such, you kind of have to wonder who would have the motivation to do that. And I think the obvious suspect would be Lance Henriksen's character, John Milton. Yes. Just wanting to figure out a way to make this stab movie actually pop because he's desperate for a hit. So, so
1: why not kill some of my actors? <laughs> right. Why not kill some of my actors?
0: I don't like them anyway. That would do it. it, it. Just, right. He's meant to be a legit criminal. So why would I not accuse him of murder? Um, and also he's Lance Henriksen. He'll make a deal with the devil just to own a basketball team. Like <laughs> Motherfucker's mother, mother wild. Um. On Twitter, um, we have uh, the one, the only Steve at Doctor Annoyed Grunt, and they ask: In the first scene of the original, of the original, Ghostface asks Drew Barrymore horror movie trivia about films that came out about 15 years earlier. Um, in terms of Friday the 13th, 16, uh, Halloween, that's even 18. Um, so, in if the scene were now set in modern day. Uh, what mid two thousands questions would uh, Ghostface ask? Um, you know, would he ask about the puppet's name in Saw? I that's possible. Like, who's the who's the killer in, S- in Saw three? I guess would might be up in the offing.
1: Yeah, that's a yeah. I mean, what what like you? Know, what are the, still the big franchises now? I mean. You know, Saw seems to be losing ground. So it's, it's.
0: Yeah, they can't quite. I think what makes Saw so unique is also the thing that is sinking its fortunes. You have to know a bunch of shit about it. Yeah, it
1: has it. a lot of lore connected to it. You know, it, yeah. it's you know, much of it very, very dumb. Um, right. Gosh. Uh, so that would be 15 years ago. So that'd be like 2007.
0: 2007, I mean, that's the thing, like weirdly enough, um, Scream 4 kind of does this because Kirby is asked this, you know, horror remake and she lists off an insane amount of 2000s remakes. She lists Halloween, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Dawn of the Dead, The Hills Have Eyes, Amityville Horror, Last House on the Left, Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street, My Bloody Valentine, When a Stranger Calls. Prom Night, Black Christmas, House of Wax, The Fog, Piranha. So it's all like in, in that sense, it kind of has happened to that degree. I guess what the unmined um, decade is really the 2010s.
1: Right. But again, that there wasn't a lot of franchises happening then except the Saw movies,
0: Except the song movies, and 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 you have a lot more ghost based um, horror films when it comes to paranormal activity and the Conjuring and yeah, would you, say, that, would you
1: say the paranormal activity movies have the same sort of uh, you know pop culture pool as the Friday the Thirteenth movies would have in the in the nineties?
0: I would say um, part of it is that there they benefit to the same degree that Marvel benefited from their films being rerun on cable when cable was still a force
1: yeah um, yeah and
0: the Conjury movies have been one of those things that have been on Netflix a lot like Warner Brothers licensed them to Netflix a bunch and they now have all these spin-off movies there's a there are people who are conjuring people um, who love that franchise. Um, is it as vocal and uh pronounced as saw because every film is saw? no, but when their spin offs are making fifty mil on an opening weekend, you're like, well, fuck that that people are into that shit
1: yeah it's it's yeah it, it, the field has so widened that that's it's hard to say,
0: yeah, uh, you know. It's, it definitely has some level of pull. And yet when Juan comes out, you would figure that people would follow him from film to film. And they are like, no, this is, this is too far. You're like, oh, do you not like to have fun? Like, yeah,
1: what? the, 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 my favorite, my favorite criticism was, oh, he didn't realize he was making a bad movie. It's like, no, he absolutely oh, realized
0: oh, no. he knew what He's he was doing. a type of movie. He is making a gonzo You know, he's pulling from all the things that have influenced him. When you from
1: when you have a when you have a movie in which a character sort of has like an evil twin, and you have a a a version of where is my mind like an orchestral (laughs) version of where is my mind, you know what the fuck you're doing.
0: Yes, no, he's very intentionally making that movie. He knew exactly the tone he wanted to strike, and went about doing it. And you cannot have an emotional reaction to it and go that didn't work for me i just got nothing out of it Uh, okay sure but you cannot say that he was blind that is not like doing that thing that i love from a truly bad movie where everyone goes into it with the intention of oh my god this is the next star wars (laughs) buckle up everybody people are going to love every minute of what we're doing here. This is, he knew that he would lose some people along the way when you're referencing a movie like Carnosaur in your first two minutes. (laughs) Uh, This is very much a type of schlock that he wanted to do. He, he strikes out that tone and nails it throughout. It's not inconsistent. And so therefore that, tells you he knows what he's doing there.
1: Right, exactly.
0: I think that's one of those movies that's going to grow in terms of its cult status because it was so, it was either, it's so such a 50-50 opinion thing that those who love it are just going to build it up as a moment over time. And I just, man, the day that thing came out, Twitter was so much fucking fun. And we had such a great conversation just watching it. Yeah. On separate coasts. Yeah. It, it,
1: well, it, it's you had mentioned earlier the whole you know no not like that uh, yes, argument. Right, right. Yeah. You know, people mm-hmm. have you know, a lot of horror fans have complained that horror is too safe now. That that <laughs> it is not gory anymore. Uh, that you don't get a lot of you know you know, old fashioned you know blood and guts, and then you've got malignant which is outrageously violent it, it, it is so violent all you can do at a certain point is laugh because it's yeah. just like oh my yeah. god she just broke someone's arm and stuck him in the face with a broken
0: bone you know? i just it's yeah bad. i know like i i can there's the pg-13 argument again where someone looks at happy death day to me and goes well this isn't gory enough for me i'm like yeah but people need starter horror Again, like people need to have a, people can't go from zero to malignant. You've got well, to have something that go ahead, I'm sorry. gives them an entree.
1: Well, that's the thing. You know, people could play, oh, well, you know, movies like Happy Birthday to Me or Happy Death Day to Me don't, you know, oh, well, they need to be gorier. And then you have an outrageously gory movie like Malignant and they're like, well, this is terrible. I'm right. like, well, what I mean, do you want? You know, <laughs> right. Like,
0: i like people complaining about Scream 4. Like, there are guts literally falling out of characters for extended periods of time. And, what, what you know, are you not entertained is what you scream to the audience. And, again, it's an emotional experience. You can't tell somebody you're not in love with the person you proclaim to be in love with. Uh, love and emotions are things you feel. They're not determined by outside you know, qualifications. So it doesn't work for you. It doesn't work for you, but But you don't get, you don't
1: get to tell other people that it doesn't work overall. It just doesn't work for you.
0: Exactly. Yes. That I respect. It does not work for me. The, it does not work at all. It's kind of like, especially because people try to prove it through quantifiable means like here, like today's main character of Twitter saying this scene of these people with these very 50s, 60s mod land speeders. This is not Star Wars. And you're like, fucking he. George Lucas likes cars. Do you not? Do you not know this? Is this not? Oh yeah. Something- my,
1: my, my favorite Twitter interaction now is people who post a 10 second clip out of context and be like, "Wow, this is terrible!" Ha ha ha.
0: What is a great 10 seconds? What is 10 seconds that will, I mean, I'm sure there are are legit examples of that, but there's just, come on, calm the fuck on. Movies are a full experience. They are not broken down bits. Uh, That's just so stupid. Um, So this brings us to our scream, our temporary scream rankings. What do we rank the movies at? At this stage, before uh, next week's episode, in which we will talk about Scream twenty twenty two, Gina, are you prepared?
1: I am prepared. Yeah. Uh, do Do you want me to go first?
0: Yeah. Why not? You, you You're the special guest. Uh,
1: I am. Okay. Well, I'm very special. in my mind. I'm very special. You are very
0: special, and uh, uh, you are my guest. Oh,
1: no. okay. Um, <laughs> I, I'm going to be absolutely uncontroversial uh-huh. and say, uh, one.
0: Two, four, and three. Nailed it in one. Absolutely. Now, I can get behind the group that would put two over one because um, I think one and two are perfect. I think they're as close to perfect as you can get. They're just at the right levels. They know exactly what movies they are. The first Scream can't be Scream 2 because it's not attempting to be as grand as Scream 2 gets. And Scream 2 just has those amazing suspense sequences that is what sort of is a slight letdown in 4, even though 4 is trying to return to the more intimate story of 1. I do think you need at least one of those sequences to rise to the level of Scream 2. In order, and But again, these are mi- levels of millimeters. Right. Like whether it's two, one, four or, or one, two, four, um, or you even sneak in four in between like two, four, one, these are, these are things I can get behind. It's the screen three of it all that it simply does not work as, as a motion picture for me. I like lots of performances, but I, it just, it's limited by a bunch of stuff that, that are, that is out of everyone's control. Right. Whereas that lack of control on two seems to spur it into just an amazingly incredible motion picture. Well,
1: I think the problem for me with three is, and again, I, I, I love Parker Posey's performance in it. I think she's great. Yeah. But there are times when she sort of comes off like she's in a different movie. Yeah. Um, you know, it's very, her performance is very slapsticky. Um, like every time she's on screen, like the whole tone of the movie, you know, diverts into comedy, which again, I mean, no one's gonna accuse these movies of being very serious. They're they're not. They're, no
0: I mean inherently the first scream is a parody to a to an extent.
1: Right. They're, they they all, they all have they all have a vein of comedy running through them. Yeah. And it, because it, it you have to because you you they they have to because they're self aware. Yeah. They're, they're aware that these movies are kind of silly and and you know what people do and the cliches that you know go into make you want are silly. So you, you can't satirize that without, you know having a sense of humor. But mm-hmm. I, I feel that the sense of humor in three is a little too broad at times and, and doesn't it doesn't quite work.
0: Yeah, I just don't think they cracked the nut of what exactly that movie was supposed to be. Again, I will always give it to that movie for pointing the finger throughout saying the executive producer of this film is a criminal and should be prosecuted.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, it, get, it definitely gets points for its audacity. I just think yeah. that the overall final product was not as good as it could have been.
0: Yeah, uh, I agree. And But then again, as we said earlier, any franchise would just murder. To have a film with *Scream* Three. Quality.
1: I mean, it's still a three star movie for me. So that, yeah, which is which is which is a lot better than most sequels and other horror franchises get from me.
0: And love the Nightmare and Friday the Thirteenth franchises as we do, we readily admit that we love them in spite of a lot of yes. things, and there are so many positives for Scream 3 that you can say, I legit love that movie. Like when someone says I love that movie, I'm like, oh, that's an emotional reaction. I get it. I get it. I get it. Uh, So that just about does it. um, uh, Gina, where can people find you on these here? Internet.
1: I write about movies and television at the spool.net coming up uh, by the time. Uh, I will be reviewing Scream later this month. Uh, okay. I also will be reviewing season three of Servant on an uh, Apple TV Plus. Ooh. And I will be doing some coverage uh, in the comfort of my own home of mm-hmm. uh, the, uh, the Sundance Festival at the end of the month.
0: Wonderful. Good to hear. Um, for those of you who love us, uh, there's ways to show it. You can follow us on social media. You can rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. And now on Spotify, just hit those three dots and it'll allow you to uh, rate us. If you have listened to a episode in full, uh, that's a great way to do it. Uh, Google Podcasts also allows you to do that. And so does Amazon. Um, and you can go to our t-shirt store where we have lots of cool designs. We're working on fun things for the new season. Um, next week we will be back talking about, uh, the latest scream and that will conclude season three. And then boy, howdy, we've got great stuff coming up for you when it comes to season four, we're not going to let you down. We're going bigger and badder and to places we've never gone before. Uh, I can't wait for you to listen and to hear some of the guests that we're going to have on. These are great people, and uh, we're going to have your favorites back as well. We, You know, you know us. Uh, th- this is what we do. We've got more After Dark coming your way uh, once we hit February, uh, and then uh, the return of Dish by Dish will happen this spring. Uh, so that just about does it. Uh, for myself and for Gina, the body count will continue. bye everybody. Bye.